What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lugger Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing The Vich, directed by Robert Edgar's 2015, his directorial debut. I just saw The Lighthouse, directed by uh, Robert Edgar, so I knew I had to go back and check out The Vich. Here is the synopsis to this $4 million movie that ended up grossing $40 million over the course of a couple weeks, um, produced by A24. Um, here's the synopsis. A family in the night... Sorry. A family in the 1630s New England is torn by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. William and Catherine try to lead a devout Christian life, homestead on the edge of an uh, impassable wilderness, with five children. When their newborn son mysteriously vanishes and their crops fail, their family begins to turn on one another. The Vich is a chilling portrait of a family unraveling with their own sins, leaving them prey for an inconceivable evil. So this uh, this movie stars Anya Taylor-Joy as Thomason, Ralph Ennison, Ensign as William, Kate Dickey as Catherine, and uh, uh, Harvey Scrimshaw as Caleb, the young boy and... The twins are Ellie Granger as Mercy, uh, as Mercy and Lucas Dawson as Jonas. We know the main character, Anya Taylor-Joy, as Thomason from most recently the uh, Glass 2019 movie as well as um, the main character in Split as well as being introduced into the new season of season 5 of Peaky Blinders as uh, Gina Gray. So this young lady is, uh, what I've heard, she's started off as a model, but Argentinian model, and she has kind of mixed descents, um, Scottish, a little African, just, just a lot of different stuff mixed in there. And she is a phenomenal actress. Um, along with her, we have Ralph Ensign as William. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say that he looks like he's just been straight out plucked out of the 1600s and just popped in this movie. I was like, this guy is amazing. Um, I'm curious if he had won anything for this movie. I don't, I don't see anything off the top of my head. Um, but we, we know him best from guardians of the galaxy, ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, a little bit of Harry Potter and, uh, Chernobyl most recently, uh, great actor. And uh, Kate Dickey is the mother. Just real quick, we'll go over some of her synopses. We've seen her in, I've seen her in a ton of things. Um, she, she's been in Peaky Blinders as well. Um, she is in The Last Jedi. She's in, um, let me see. Uh, she's in a lot of small stuff that I'm not actually aware of now that I think about it. She's in uh, Game of Thrones. Okay, so that's where we know her most be- the best from. She was... Uh, Catelyn Stark's sister in Game of Thrones. And, um, yeah, great actress. 
all around, I'm going to say the acting in this is phenomenal, so I'm just not going to have to touch on it again. Um, the casting in it alone I thought was was phenomenal, up uh, you know, top to bottom. This was an amazing casting job. Overall, the, the feel of this movie, the atmosphere, is what is really gripping. There is one or two scenes that really set the tone about, you know, uh, the dread, dreadfulness that is kind of uh, looming over this family in this kind of isolated area. But overall, it's not that violent. It's much more of a psychological horror film that I will say that I was having mixed reactions through about 70% of the movie. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to recommend this. I don't know if I'm going to like this. But once it hit about the hour and 10-minute mark, I, I don't know, it just kind of flipped a switch for me. I began to realize how much of a psychological element there was to this film. I won't be able to talk about it too much until we get to the spoiler section, but um, I will say for those that have not seen it, um, it's very much in the realm of like the Crucible meets like a psychological horror film. It's like if the uh, Crucible was... Uh, yeah, uh, tripping balls or something like that. I, I don't I don't know exactly how to uh, uh, determine it, but or, or kind of categorize it because it's kind of like a genre bending psychological horror film that also happens to take in this Puritan New England era. Um, the direction on this is 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 pretty impressive for it to be Robert Eggers' first um, movie, from what I can tell. Um, he wrote and directed this movie. Um, see if anybody else is on this uh, as well. I don't think anyone else is on this. Yeah, so this is very impressive for Robert Eggers. I saw The Lighthouse most recently, and that was with um, William Defoe and uh, Robert Pattinson. And just I'll say real quick that I prefer this that movie over this one just a little bit. Um, both are very interesting psychological horrors that kind of give you this claustrophobia feel, kind of bottle film-esque style movie, both staying in very isolated locations and not really knowing uh, what's real and what's not. Um, but overall, I think The Lighthouse is just a slight improvement above what we have for um, The Witch. But I, the thing about The Witch is the more I think about it, the more I look at, uh, the more I listen to podcasts, watch videos, and learn about it, the more I want to re- I've, I'm already doing kind of uh, screenshots and going back to look at, wait a second, did I, did I see that right? Is everything that I saw taken at face value? So this movie is going to provide you with one of those experiences when you're like, oh, I think it's going to be one of two experiences. At the very end, you're going to say, wow, that was quite a psychological horror film. Or you're going to say, fuck this movie. I, I could easily see one of two things. Um, if you're not in the can for trying to, you know, figure out the mystery or to, you know, talk about the psychological aspects of this movie, then I don't think this movie's for you. If you are, if you like having conversations, if you like maybe not having a full definitive answer, if you like kind of going back and looking at the clues, Sherlock Holmes style, then yeah, this might be the movie for you. Um, the details are cannot be uh, you know stated enough. Um, there's these like animal motifs that kind of happen throughout the movie. Um, 
specifically revolving around. Well, I don't. I don't really want to talk about the the animal motifs too much because I, I I found it enjoyable not knowing about them um, at the beginning. Um, let me see anything else. Uh, my biggest critique against the movie would undoubtedly be the way that they're they are they're really sorry this is difficult they are really stretching their limits with how they are treating children in this movie now i know um you know internationally the way they uh, treat children on screen and on film and on television could be a little different than we see it in the states and that's completely fine um this was definitely testing my boundaries towards uh child cruelty i guess is in just uh how much psychological torture you could actually watch a child go through i w- i will say i was not prepared for the amount of quote-unquote adult acting that these children were going to have to do. I was uh, completely bewildered by how much um, this uh, this director put on the shoes of the children. I mean, this movie is two-thirds uh, the children and on the backs of the children, and you know, the dramatic tension lies with w- w- on top of them. And the adults do, and the you know the the parents do an amazing job emphasizing the the dreadfulness in it. But really, there is a long period. I mean, for this hour and a half of a movie, I think there's it's at least an hour of you know terrible things happening to children, and a lot of it is, um, it, it's it's very it's not easy to watch, and it's not necessarily like. Because it's violent or something like that. It's just uh, cruelty towards children is um, kind of high in this movie. And um, yeah, that's about all I can say about it without spoiling it. I just think that I was definitely under underprepared for that if so if you're going into this thinking you know it's, it's a regular horror film where you know everyone gets scared I think there is a special aspect that is geared toward the children in this that makes it a little bit extra um, more scary it makes it that much more hard to watch um, so yeah let me see what else we have um, whoops writing directing casting uh, you know everything is hitting on all cylinders the detail work it's it's amazing i i couldn't say uh, enough good things about this being his first movie i was blown away by that um i know it first premiered at the the 2015 sundance film festival and uh, i know robert edgars ended up winning a couple of awards for this movie and so this guy is definitely um Someone we got to keep an eye on. And after watching The Lighthouse, and go check out the uh, review for that if you're interested in any more Robert Edgar's uh, media, you know, uh, film. And uh, we'll talk about that, uh, The Lighthouse over there. But let's finish up uh, The Vitch here. Um, spoiler section for The Vitch is coming up in three, two, one. So we're in the spoiler section for the bitch. 
And to be honest, at this point, I have done a little bit of research, but I still have no idea why it's called the the witch with two V's instead of the the, the witch with a V or uh, uh, with a, a W. Um, other than it looks kind of cool. Um, but other than that, this movie starts off. I think it's the first like fifteen, maybe the first ten minutes. Um, you know, you see this family kind of being exiled from their New England settlement, um, and the, the um, it's kind of confusing. You're like, what's going on? This weird case is going on, um, and they're like, all right, you got to move. And all of a sudden, you see this extremely wide shot. The cinematography is done by Jaron Blansky. Um, let me see if I can find out some of his details. But um, the cinematography in, in this is amazing and what helps lead to the isolation feeling and claustrophobia feeling um, throughout, I would assume, both of the Witch and the Lighthouse movies. Um, let me see if he's the same cinematographer for both. Cinematographer Jarn Blaschke is the cinematographer for the Witch, and he is the cinematographer for the Lighthouse. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, immediately right off the bat, you see how isolated and, and uh, this family is going to be for the majority of the movie. And right off the bat, you see the baby taken into the woods. Uh, so, let's see. One day, Thomason is playing peekaboo with Samuel when the baby which is Samuel, disappears, and it is soon revealed that a witch has stolen the unbaptized Samuel, killing him and using his remains to make a flying ointment, which is... It, 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 flying ointment is a combination of this hallucinating uh, hallucinated ointment that is containing children's blood and... Uh, green ointment and other just random uh, fine wheats and just random gyms and weed. It's just a, a combination of bullshit that uh, allegedly in the early, early, I don't know, early periods, they were said to have uh, witches were bathing in like children's blood and shit like that. And so we fucking see this in an extremely uncomfortable uh, sequence with baby Samuel being snatched up and this extremely long take that is uncomfortable as hell. All you see is this baby laying down and this naked person, which I thought was a man at first. I was like, this is the most uncomfortable, uh, I don't know, 20 seconds I've ever been in, in a, in a, in a movie in a very long time. <laughs> and, uh, this baby is just sitting there, and they have this knife kind of hovering above this baby. And of course, you don't—they don't—they don't show what happens. It kind of cuts from, uh, you know, it smash cuts from the baby. All of a sudden, you see this witch lady. All you see her back. Um, all you see is like this giant mortal and pedestal, uh, pedestal. Like uh, she's like mushing something down, and all you see is this goo. Uh, so it's heavily implied that the baby is turned into this disgusting goo, and then all of a sudden you see this uh, bitch uh, covering herself in this blood and just disgusting shit all over her body, and you you still don't see her her face or anything like that. It's mostly just her back, and. 
the imagery that comes with that is some of the most horrifying shit you've ever seen in like a 30 second span. I mean, just from the baby to the mincing of it and then the disgusting grotesqueness of it, I guess. And then just knowing all of that happened and then seeing the results of the family having to, you know, uh, talk about the missing child and what ha- possibly happened to the child. It's like, we know as the viewer how bad that child got it. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to tell this, uh, family exactly what happened, but, uh, it's definitely not good. So it starts the movie off that way. And I was just instantly like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this movie because if this movie is going to be an hour and a half of babies getting chopped up or whatever, I'm just (laughs) turned into liquefied. It's just not what I'm – I'm not here for torture porn. That's not what I'm looking for, even if it's implied. I I don't like um, that type of stuff. But where this movie slowly started to go to – so. Um, a lot of horror films, just like this, uh, let's just say the baby scene at the beginning, uh, the, a lot of horror movies will take advantage of the first 15 minutes of the movie to just gut punch you really hard uh, to emphasize the level of the threat that these individuals are uh, having to deal with. So I can see why they would argue in, you know, the round tables, writer's room, why this would be a necessary scene to show because it really emphasizes the danger, the level of danger that this family is going to have to face throughout um, the course of the movie. And so once that happens, the tension is immediately at like 11 for me personally, but then it slowly simmers back down very slowly because we don't exactly uh, see anything on screen for a very long time until um, young Caleb is taken. And then we see Caleb, throughout the movie, Caleb is having this weird attraction toward his sister, I believe, and he keeps kind of looking at her in a little bit uh, disgusting and he's looking at her in ways he should not be looking at her in uh, somewhat seductive ways I guess and since he's a young boy he's he's confused and things he doesn't know what's going on Um, and his family's crazy you know on top of that so naturally when Caleb and uh, Thomason, they end up getting separated in the woods at one point, um, he is lured out into the woods by a vich. And when we see this vich, um, <laughs> when you see this vich, um, we don't exactly, I, personally, I didn't understand why she was so, she was looking so fine at first. But um, I realized that the vich, I guess, kind of conforms to whatever you need her or you your desire is or specifically for Caleb it was his desire to you know be with a woman so or you know to to touch a woman so that's naturally what she did she ends up grabbing him taking him and then uh Thomason uh our main character is blamed by her family for it and what's interesting is when everyone's taken there's not anyone else around to confirm whether or not that happened or not so it always seems to be like Thomason and someone else or you know that person is isolated and she can't prove that um that she didn't do anything to the uh to the rest of the family um 
So uh, the details with the animal motifs, we have this black Philip goat, the rabbit, and the crow. Um, and so Robert Eggers likes using these like animal motifs throughout the movie that I don't 100% always understand. I know in The Lighthouse it's explicitly said what the animal motifs mean in there. But for this, the goat seems to have some sort of link to the devil. And which makes me wonder why the hell would you even have a goat on the farm if you're going to have the, the devil goat? But uh, and they call the, uh, the, the goat Black Philip. And it's just oddly specific. And these twins throughout the entire movie are going on and on about Black Philip. It makes me want to go back and rewatch the uh, things the kids were. Anyways, like I said, the rewatchability in this is phenomenal. And uh, just thinking about it, I want to go back and uh, rewatch this movie with captions. Everyone that I was telling that was telling me to watch this movie, they were like, yeah, I really wish I watched this with captions. Mostly because the dialect and dialogue in this is so thick and it feels so natural to when the time, the Puritan time of 1690s was or what, 16 whatever it was, 1600s. Um, but sometimes it can be kind of thick. So honestly, this movie probably would play a lot better with uh, captions. Sometimes I don't like watching captions on scary movies because it might ruin the, the the scare for me or show the gunshot or something before I see it. But um, this is definitely a rewatch, rewatchable movie with the captions. Um, that third act, let me see. Oh, let me finish up the, uh, the Caleb plotline real quick before we kind of finish up. Um, Caleb plotline, Caleb ends up showing up back on the farm, stumbling in naked as hell, which I'm glad we didn't see that. Um, and he's got an apple shoved down his throat and he's, um, let me see, long story short, he's put in bed, looks like he's on some sort of like, uh, drugs or something like that. He comes to, he's unconscious while he, when he's in bed, but he comes to for like 30 seconds, lets out a big old prayer. And this actor uh, that plays Caleb does an amazing job with this scene. It's all in like one take, um, Harvey Scrimshaw. And he, he's just like, you know, Jesus, come get me kind of thing. And, you know, uh, let the sins be, you know, be gone kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know any prayers to that extent from the 1600s uh, New England period. But uh, anyways, he is basically trying to get re, uh, get rid of the devil within him, but it ends up taking his life. Or, you know, he's praying, trying to pray away everything that's happening, and it ends up taking his life. Someone on the Slash Film cast, uh, David Chen, said that he was having an orgasm at the end of this and I didn't I did not witness that I did not see that and it's not on Wikipedia so <clears throat> I wonder if that's open to interpretation but I kind of do feel like that would make a lot of sense towards this uh child uh, this child I don't know if you want to say that but this uh character's arc because he was sexually uh under not underdeveloped but he was he was trying to find his sexual path as a young man, and with him dying right before that happening, it's kind of ironic in a way. Um, let me see what else we have. Uh, okay, so 
The son dies. The twins blame uh, Thomason for being a witch, talking to Black Philip and whatnot. At this point, no one, this is when I was like, ah, I don't know if I believe this, but I can see everyone starting to turn the tables on it. Um, father ends up putting twins and Thomason in the barn, and then the in that evening, uh, the mother sees her son and her baby that was taken and killed, both of them. They're sitting at the edge of her bed. She ends up uh, picking the baby out of her son's arms, who she's hallucinating at this time, the mother is, and she's letting the, uh, baby Samuel feed um, on her breast, and it pulls back, and we realize that it is a fucking crow going at her uh pecking at her breast instead of baby Samuel. And so I kind of had a feeling that would happen. I I, I don't know if I've seen just uh, the routes that this was going to take, but I did feel like this was a tad bit predictable in a way. But also in there was like 60% of me thinking that Maybe Thomason was the witch, but by the end of this movie, it looked like she was becoming the witch. So it was hard to tell if she was the witch the whole time or if there was a a group of witches out there fucking with this family the whole time or what. Because when they're put into the barn, the twins are put into the barn, Thomason's put into the barn, everyone's in the barn, family is having, uh, you know, the... uh, William and his wife are laying in bed while she's getting her nipple ripped off by a damn uh, crow. Uh, they see the witch in the barn, and the witch is turned around naked, uh, you know, milking the goat, the same goat that had blood coming from it earlier in the movie, um, which... I thought that might have been uh, a vision of Thomason because the twins are the first two to see the vitch uh, milking the goat. But then once the the twins see the goat being milked by the vitch, the scene sma- uh, cuts to uh, – sorry, the scene continues, but it, it cuts to uh, uh, Thomason's face, and she's screaming as well. But it looks like she's getting – kind of getting up. Like she was asleep and she was getting up and she's seeing everything that's happening. So it's kind of hard to tell, to prove that Thomason was the 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 witch in the barn because William walks out, sees two goats basically eviscerated and Black Phillips nowhere to be seen and the twins are nowhere to be seen. And when we have Thomason laying outside right beside these two goats, her hands are bloody, but nothing else on her is, which makes me, which is the only thing that really makes me believe that she might have been the the witch that we saw um, milking the goat because her hands would be bloody. Um, but it doesn't explain everything, you know, prior, you know, I don't think she took baby Samuel. I don't think that she took, um, I don't know what happened to the twins, honestly, Um let me see. But after her family starts, it, it, her family is attacked by Black Philip, or her father is, and he's pushed into the the, the logs that he's been, uh, you know, snapping the entire movie or you know cutting up. Which I'm not really sure what to think about that. Like the thing that kills him is the thing that he was working on the entire time. I don't know. It was 
It was like this man who had tried so hard to be the best Christian he could. He said that even his baby, the baby Samuel, was uh, leaving, uh, living a life of sin, so that's why he was taken by you know God and stuff like that. It was like, good Lord, this guy is just a, uh, nearly crazy uh, when it comes to the level of commitment when he has to his religion. Um He's willing to have his son taken. Um, so after the family, uh, William is pushed into pushed by the goat, impaled by the black Philip, and then pushed into the uh, what is it the the wood. Her mother comes out and thinks that you can't she Thomason can't really prove that it wasn't her that did all that, except it's kind of obvious that you know she didn't impale her father and throw him into a bunch of wood. But the mother says, you know, she, you've got the devil in you. So she screams at her and tries to kill her. And out of self-defense, Thomason uh, has to kill her mother, you know, I think with a knife or a cleaver or some shit. I don't remember exactly what it was. But anyways, it was out of self-defense. But that was the first and only kill that we can confirm through the entire movie that she actually did. Um but yeah, it's uh, quite a psychological horror film when it comes down to it. The main character from there uh, goes to Black Phillip and starts to, you know, confess and ask if she can, I guess not really confess, but she asks, Black Phillip asks if you want to live deliciously. And I thought that is the most profound statement I've heard in a very long time. Um I guess live deliciously just it, it it's such a simple but intricate term like live deliciously what, what the hell does that even mean like it's such a broad term as well and it not only describes you know state of being but also taste and so it's like okay like this is quite an interesting way to describe um, joining the quote-unquote dark side. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that bit of writing throughout the uh, the movie. That that was one of the things that stuck out. We do see a rabbit throughout this movie, along with that crow that ends up pecking out. Um, you know, what's her face's mother. Um, the rabbit, I can't really explain what's going on with that. I need to do a little bit more detail and research. If I get more information, I can add it in the show notes as always. Um, but yeah, I was just blown the fuck away by this movie, um, by you know the dreadfulness, how scary it was at first. But then after watching it, I'm so much more intrigued to go back and rewatch it. It's such a different experience uh, with the rewatch. So... That that's one thing that uh, I really do like about it. I I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten, mostly because the last five to ten minutes kind of jumped the shark a little bit for me. I think it's not gonna land with everybody. She goes into the woods, and she's led by Black Philip. Black Philip actually becomes a person, and you don't actually see his face or anything like that. All you see is this guy dressed up in all black leather, almost. Um, Remind me like a musketeer or something like that. And he's like, hold, you know, all you see is from his waist down. And uh, he kind of, uh, he's there for like two seconds. And then the goat leads her into, Black Phillip leads her into the uh, 
the woods and tells her to remove her, you know, clothes right before she they go. And she's wandering out in the woods naked, led by Black Philip the goat, into another realm of ladies um, who are pretty much, uh, who are witches. And they're doing this crazy, like, seance, like, in circles, naked, all white, by the way. Um, just wanted to point that out. I, you know, Black Philip has a type. <laughs> um, but uh, he's, he likes those white witches. <laughs> um, um, let me see. So she joins a coven of witches holding a witch's Sabbath around a bonfire. The coven begins to levitate and laughing. Thomason joins them ascending above the trees. And so w- once that happened, I was like, okay, what, what fucking movie are we watching at this point? Because in the last 10 minutes, we, we basically, in the last two minutes, we find out that they're not, not only as witches, there's multiple witches and they have uh, s- uh, supernatural powers. And we're almost no longer watching uh, a horror film at this point. We're watching almost... Uh, a Brightburn horror flick. Like, Brightburn was a movie that just came out in 2019, and it's about, you know, an evil Superman, an evil young Superman. It's like, if they really wanted to, this to be, this could be about an evil young Supergirl if they wanted to be. I don't know. It's like, they, they, I'm glad that they strayed away from this because by opening Pandora's box at the last two or three minutes you're like wait a second what world are we living in right now what genre are we in so it it does uh tempt you with uh the rewatch and makes you want to go back and check out all the different knickknacks and detail plot orient detail oriented plot lines that help you um understand the movie a little bit later and i i honestly think this movie's probably going to get better as you rewatch it i just think that um that first opening baby scene was, you know, pretty traumatizing at first for me personally. But you know, it, uh, you know, it wasn't that violent. Mostly just implied violence and uh, implied psychological horror. But anyways, thank you for listening to the Look Dog Podcast. We have tons of new movies, media, uh, goodness coming down the tube. We were on this a lot longer than we were expecting. But you know what? If we like the stuff, if we like the stuff that we're covering, then we just keep on going. Um, we have. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, all of the goodness coming down. We'll play all of this um, podcast on all of those players. Um, comments, questions, concerns, email the Luckadog Podcast at gmail.com, Twitter at Luckadog Podcast, Facebook link is down below, Twitch link is down below, Instagram link is down below. Support the podcast through paypal.me slash Podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast we could not do this without you i appreciate everyone around the world listening to this i hope everyone's having a great october and it's been productive and you've had some good movies coming down made a little bit of money you already know halloween's coming around the corner i hope everyone is safe has a great time and you know what it diggities Now shall be, so evil I will turn to be. There's evil in the wood.